get ready. I mean, get ready, 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 ready. As a similar personality as my mind, we keep it real, mm-hmm. transparent, mm-hmm. and honest. And this is a very important topic that we're going to discuss today. Yeah, and it's focusing on cultural sensitivity, mm-hmm. diversity. Mm-hmm. And efficacy as well yeah. as a part of that process. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about your position and your role? Yeah. So first, thank you for um, this opportunity. I, you know, we have had the chance to have many a conversation, but to do this formally in this space, you are making my entire lifetime right now. So um, thank you for that. But I am the vice president of diversity, equity, and inclusion for the YMCA of Metropolitan Dallas. And in that role, I am really charged with a couple of things, um, talent, and, talent and knowledge awareness, right? So making sure that we are using the best unbiased practices, policies, and procedures to ensure that we have a demographic staff team, right? So I work to, to make sure that we got triggers and systems and all that kind of stuff and to give people the knowledge and awareness that they need in order to be the best version of themselves in that space. So trainings and webinars and workshops and learning opportunities. And the other thing I do is that I create strategies uh, for the organization to ensure that we live out the for all piece of our mission, right? And because everyone that works for any organization, any company, the reality is you are a person, a human being who functions in American society. And we know that American society is is bridled with bias, whether it's intentional or unintentional. You're aware of it or not. Um, Systemic racism is real. Mm -hmm. It is 400 years in the making. So calm down, folks. Unless you drink a lot of water and you have really good face cream, you did not (laughs) start it. Mm -hmm. But you absolutely have a responsibility to mitigate that and to end it and to, to bust up those systems. And so from a strategy standpoint, my, my role is to ensure that the organization is employing strategies so that we can serve all people, that we are intentional, that we are we stay on our learning edge as an organization um, and that we be the best version of ourselves for all of the demographics in all of our communities. Well, when you mentioned the word intentional, you targeted right where I'm going. See what I did there? That was so (laughs) smart of you, as I know. And because we have that relationship, it's going to be Rod and Ross talking. There it is. Because we're going to go there. Mm -hmm. Maybe it it will be uncomfortable for others, but we're making this a safe space. Yep. This is not the red table. (laughs) This is the intentional leadership table talk. This is a good table. It's a good table. So we're going to go into it. So talk to me specifically, mm-hmm. and you you kind of um, spoke to a lot of different strategies as an intentional leader. Yeah. But talk to me about what do you think that we as leaders mm-hmm. that are overseeing other employees mm-hmm. need to recognize or make sure that we have in the workplace to make sure that everyone is comfortable? Yeah. So 
My first thing and the thing that I try to live by every day is I am absolutely not the best version of myself unless the people who I serve are the best version of themselves. Um, because, you know, my grandmama used to tell me this when I was little. I didn't like it when she said it, but she was telling the truth. Sometimes it's just not about me. Yeah. It's not It's not about you. Right. It is about you pouring into the humanity of others for the greater good. Um, and so as a leader, I think you have to absolutely be cognizant of that. Some leaders, they um, unfortunately mix up leadership and power. Mm-hmm. And they think that those are the same things. That part. Right. And they're not because you can absolutely be a person with a title and you can have authority, um, but you not you don't necessarily have power over people and you surely are not a leader. Right. Mm. Uh, A true leader. I I have seen people who are leaders of other people and they are in what some would consider the lowest strata in an organization. It could be your frontline worker, your front desk worker at, at a school or, or at a YMCA. It could be the, the people who clean your building. But the way they interface with folks, the way they hold people up, the way they celebrate them, the way they give them opportunities to learn and grow, the way they're transparent, and the way they can sway uh, an environment just by being in it, that's mm-hmm. what makes you a leader, not the fact that you are the LMNOP, CEO, CMO, executive director. Right, like, right. It's nice if you can be those things and have those qualities, but unfortunately, there are many people who inhabit those those positions who don't necessarily have those qualities. They don't have the emotional intelligence to understand that it's not just about a title or your ability to uh, make a decision on whether or not a person gets a paycheck or not. It's about those other things that you do that centers and honors a person's humanity. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. When I think about, um, and I'm going to kind of go into the educational area, mm-hmm. but this is just the workplace in general. Yeah. And when I um, was a principal and now as superintendent, I'm very strategic as it relates to assuring that we have diversity in the workplace yeah. because of our student population. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, it should be reflective of our teachers and administrators should be reflective of the student population Absolutely. we serve. Yeah. You know, and it's unfortunate um, that within education alone, males are not prevalent, prevalent Ooh, yeah. nor specifically men of color. Yes, absolutely. You're right. You know, representation matters. And for every, anyone who tries to downplay that, for anyone who tries to water that down, fight me. It, it, because it absolutely matters, especially for children. As a child, your first inclination is to believe what you see, right? That's why you can take these babies to the Easter Bunny with somebody dressed up in a suit and they really believe, right? <laughs> right. You take them to Santa Claus and right. they will argue you down. There is a sound because they saw it. They believe what they see. And so representation matters. I will tell you a story. In the, in the YMCA, Uh, we started this preschool program. I started this preschool program some years ago, and it really came from the fact that as I sat in my office, I used to regularly see little kids just walking up and down the street in South Dallas in the middle of the day. And I'm like, these babies supposed to be somewhere, right? Like they're not supposed to just be walking themselves to the store at 11 o'clock, you four years old, right? Right, correct. And so I I recognized that there was a need for structured, excellent early childhood education. So we started this program 
got a couple of kids in and was starting to grow. So about year two, I had this four-year-old. I, I will never forget this baby. Rowdy. Ooh, <laughs> he was a rowdy baby. But I sure did love him. One day, he comes up to me. He Every day, he, he did something and was in some kind of trouble every day. But the next day was a new day. We're going to start fresh every day. Right. So every day he had a good day, I would give him a little treat. One day, I gave him a ring pop. He takes the ring pop, goes home, eats the ring pop. But he come back with the plastic piece, the little plastic. Right, he right. ain't give me the whole ring pop, right? Like, he ate the candy. <laughs> but he comes back with the plastic piece, and he just gives it to me, telling me, here, you're going to be my wife. Oh, wow. I said, now, hold on. First of all, what's your credit like, son? Right, right. <laughs> what's your credit like? You what you want to well, yeah, exactly. be when you grow up? Right. But I asked him, I said, well, why am I going to be your wife? He said, because you're the first lady that I've ever seen that you dress nice, you smell good, and you go to work wow. every day, right? This baby is four years old, almost five years old, and has never had the opportunity to see a professional woman of color. Wow. And so that's what it means when you say representation matters because now that baby believes that it's possible. And now there's a different level. Um, and iron sharpens iron, right? Absolutely. So whatever little girl he, he hook up with, <laughs> he gone, he's probably, and I'm hoping, I'm praying that he will challenge her and help her to be better because he knows that it's possible he's seen it with his own eyes. That That is a beautiful example of, what I see, mm-hmm. I can either become or what I see or I'm exposed to. Absolutely. I can expect that yeah. in my life. Yep. Whereas I have not seen it before. I've seen it. It is possible. Mm-hmm. There is a a, a, a a black woman that dresses nice, yes. that's articulate, is a professional, and she's coming to work that I have never seen I've before. I've never seen that but before. But I know that is so possible for mm-hmm. me to now. And I can find that and marry that person. Right, right. You know, going, this, this, this is one of the, the passions of mine specifically for intentional leadership and really having those type of individuals on this platform yeah. because we want to expose that to our scholars Absolutely. at the Academy of Dallas and Bear County Academy yeah, to yeah. make sure that they know that they have the same opportunities same that anyone else has. Mm-hmm. And I can see that. Mm-hmm. That is a reflection of me. Yeah. That yeah. is a reflection of me. Yeah. So let's let's get into the uh, the topic of difficult conversations. Yes. I love a good difficult conversation. Yeah, I ain't going to lie. I, yeah. You know, I'm from Brooklyn. I like a good tussle. Let's, I, I do. I, and I'm from the rural community of Natchitoches, Louisiana. <laughs> Come on, So we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's right. So um, you, you hear a lot of people in the workplace mm-hmm. talking about Oh, I don't see color. Mm. And when I hear that, that's a problem for me. It should be, as it should be. First, my first inclination when folks say that is, are you legally blind or is this just a temporary condition? Did you put some eye drops in and it's having? Because inadvertently, what you are saying when you say that you don't see color, particularly to a person of color, is that one of the most defining characteristics, one of the things that makes you so beautifully unique is just so neutral and unimportant to me that I don't even recognize it. Absolutely. Right. And so what if you were a person who worked out 
and you ate right and you really worked hard to, to have the physique that you wanted. And you were proud of that, right? <laughs> right exactly. I ain't one of them people. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But you were really proud of that. And so you you made sure that you always had on nice outfits and, mm-hmm. and your clothes fit well. And then people just never, ever mm-hmm. saw, right? Mm-hmm. Or, well, no, I, I didn't even notice. Right. You would be a little sideways about that. And so when you when you say that you don't see color, that is offensive because you are neutralizing one of the things that makes millions of people so beautifully unique. Um, what you probably should say is that I try my best to be unbiased in spite of whatever color or however you may identify, right? Like not seeing color is not what you... Please, I hope that's not what you meant to right, say, exactly. unless you are, in fact, and I hope I don't get canceled for this because, you know, cancel culture <laughs> is real, um, unless you are, in fact, legally blind right. and you don't physically uh, see that. But, you know, and that's an education thing because, you know, in this, in, in this especially when you're talking about race, um, my my philosophy is that when you're when you're beginning this these journeys with folks or in organizations, at first, you do, you do have to kind of create this foundation of grace, right? Mm-hmm. You know what? I know what you intended to say. I'm going to give you a pass. Right. But where organizations and people fail is that they think that's where they're supposed to live in that grace period. Like, no, you move from intent to impact. Absolutely. If you are truly progressing and learning and staying on your growing edge and being intentional mm-hmm. about increasing your capacity and your cultural awareness, you got to move past intent to impact. When we first began to have these conversations and you would say things, you know, I'd give you grace and I'd educate you and we'd move on. But if you continue to say those things, yeah, now that's a different conversation, right? Right. Because I know what you intended, but let me tell you what happened. Mm -hmm. It's one thing like when I first started wearing at four inch heels, because you know I love a good high heel (laughs) shoe. I do. I stumble around and and lean on people and step on their toe and they say, oh, look at that, like a newborn baby D. Look at her. She's so cute. We're going to let her make it. But now you let me stumble around and fall around at some four inch heels. Hey, hey, hold on, sister girl. You heard me stepping on my feet. You've been in them heels long enough. Right, right. <laughs> you ought to know what you're doing. And so we have to, got to move people from intent to impact um, so that we can really have these robust conversations and we can get to transformative and restorative, um, you know, relationships and interfaces and, and conversations. But yeah, I stop saying that. Don't don't say I don't see. And, and I wanted to bring that up specifically because you hear that a lot. Yeah, from um, individuals, and I I want to make sure that this this particular platform is utilized to be uh, a a way to educate others yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that are not aware about different things. Right. Right. Um, and use utilize it as Absolutely. a tool for professional development and learning and so forth. That yeah. that's the goal for this to assist our leaders to be intentional about uh, how they communicate to their employees mm-hmm. within the actual workplace. Mm-hmm. You know, like your elders tell you, when you know better, you ought to do, do better. better. Yeah. Exactly. So this is our attempt to help you know better. Right. Right. <laughs> so share with me some of the things or the activities or programs that you mm-hmm. put into place because this is. 
a new role, correct? Yes, it is. You just are you the first person in this ever okay. in this particular role? Wow. Um, which so I you developed it from the grassroots. You so know, tell me about it. Yeah, tell me about it. In some days, it's so excellent because I'm like. I could be messing up. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Right. <laughs> but then the other thing is a lot of pressure to not mess up right. because you do want to create something that will live past you, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's mm-hmm. literally like when you're dead and gone or figuratively when you move on to your next grader, that there is a structure that can continue to kind of um, keep the organization moving in this vein. But some of the things that uh, we have worked on, uh, we've done all kinds of things. So for um, one of the things that I'm really excited about, and I'm probably the only one (laughs) at this phase, is that we understand, especially um, in the recent years, how race plays an intricate role in business, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that more and more people are really just coming to grips with that. They're accepting it and they're saying it out loud, but folks don't really know what that means individually for their business. Right. And so um, my organization is no different. We know we want to tackle this thing around race. You just don't know what we want to do. So we've spent the last year, right? Because like I said, racism and systemic racism is not new. It it has been embedded in our culture for over 400 years. You're yes. not just going to put one program on the ground and then 30 days later, it's all sunshine mm-hmm. and unicorn and rainbows. Exactly. Right? Um, so for a year, we have been a part of this cohort process where we are really just trying to understand how systemic racism shows up, systemic racism shows up. All of the different ways, um, how tradition, right, can sometimes be a dog whistle for racist activities, um, what our history is, truth telling, education, uh, and all that in an effort to really develop a robust um, strategy around how we will address racism internally and then in turn help our communities be better about addressing that. And so um, the year-long learning experience just wrapped up, and so now we're in that strategy formulation phase. So I'm really excited about that. The other thing that we have done is we have put a men and women um, minority business uh, vendor strategy in oh, place. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, I love For it. For as long as this organization has been here, and it is a, a $70 million organization, right? Yeah. Like, it's not chump change. We have never had an intentional strategy or goal um, about There's interfacing. That word, intentional. 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 Yes. Right. Strategy or goal about interfacing with and recruiting and retaining men and women minority business owners. Mm-hmm. And so now we have one. So I'm really excited about how that's going to show up and how that's going to impact and how that ripple will kind of go out and make things better for some of these minority and women-owned businesses. Um, some of the other things that we've gone on this journey of education, we've been in the in the awareness space for uh, for some time now, whether it's training for our staff, training for our volunteers, just you would not believe um, how many people just don't know. Like they just didn't understand what the difference between equality and equity was. Mm. Um, they don't understand the terms in the LGBTQ space, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't even know what the letters stood for, LGBTQ, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so just just helping people just 
laying the, 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 the groundwork and, and getting some common language going in the organization and just making sure that if someone is talking and they say this word, the person they're communicating with right. actually knows, right? Like, they didn't understand what tokenism was, mm. right? Black people understood what tokenism right. is, right? But our white counterparts didn't necessarily understand it. They didn't understand what an ally is or an accomplice. They, they it, It's just... They've never had a reason. Their lived experience did not dictate that they understood those concepts until now. And so we've definitely been in, in that phase where we're helping people just become aware and, and increase their knowledge. So it's good. I think that um, I'm seeing a shift. Yeah. Which is a good thing. It's it a really good thing. is a good thing. And I'll be honest, um, there are incidents within our community at large that are occurring that have forced yes. us to, you know, bring it to the forefront. Absolutely. That racism still exists. And it is alive uh, and well. Alive and, and well. thriving. And <laughs> for almost four years now, mm-hmm. we have been in a place where as it's been okay to resurface to a magnitude yep. where it is spoken with fierce mm-hmm. um, prevalence. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the nicest way I can put it's, it. It's okay. Yeah, that's the They're nicest normalizing way I can put it. this behavior. It, it, that, that's the word. Yeah. That's a good word for it. I normalizing mean, the behavior. Normalizing the behavior. Education is, is critical. But what I did see in the process, mm-hmm. along with the negativity, there was a lot of positive Absolutely. movement. Yeah. And it, it, it can't be just one, um, one color. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. In the fight, mm-hmm. it takes a group of people Absolutely. coming together. Those allies that you yes. were referring to yes. to come to the table and say that we d- we don't agree with this. Absolutely, at all. You know, um, Heather McGee has a book out called "The Some of Us." Um, mm-hmm. It is an amazing book. It talks about how racism affects everyone. Say it again. Who is it? It is Heather McGee. Okay, uh, the Some of Us. And it, she talks about how racism affects everyone. And she gives these amazing examples. And so in one example, she's talking about in uh, pre-civil rights Mississippi, um, uh, places weren't desegregated um, or desegregation was like right there on the precipice and it was starting to happen. And there was this community pool. And the folks who owned the community pool did not want black folks to come to the pool, right? Mm-hmm. And so the desegregation orders were coming down where it made it illegal for you to say black people couldn't come to the pool. So instead of following those orders and letting black people come to the pool, they just said, we're going to shut this pool down. So not only did the black people not go, mm-hmm. Their primary patron base was white people. So now white people didn't have access to this this critical, fun, family, summertime resource, right? So in an effort to keep out one population, collateral, this whole idea of collateral damage was white people. Mm -hmm. So there are so many instances where racism, while it may be geared towards a certain population, no one prospers, right? Um, in, in a racist society, there are some cultural, sh- there's cultural sharing, there's power sharing, there's diversity of thoughts, there are robust relationships, there's economic um, implications that can happen when you address racism. But unfortunately, many people thought that racism, racism was really just one demographic right. problem. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it really is not. And That is the silver lining, I think, of the last four years. People are really starting to realize, even if you are not a person of color, racism affects you. Absolutely. It absolutely affects you. 
Um, and so, yeah, you, you got to find a silver lining in everything. I think the other thing that I'm seeing, too, is black folks in particular, from, from my experience, are really understanding at a very deep level how generationally racism has created this inferiority in them. There are so many times that black people will hold themselves back from something because there is this certain small voice, this certain trigger, like, I don't know, like something out of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie or something, right? Like, bam, that just tells you no. Um, And the People's Institute out of Louisiana, the People's Institute, they call it internalized inferiority. Mm. Like, you believe it at such a deep level that you don't even realize you believe it. Like, you stop yourself. You, you keep yourself from certain successes and positions and experiences, and you don't even realize that's just from generation and generation and generation and years of people telling you no or systems telling, that, telling you that you're not worthy until they don't even have to tell you anymore. Like, you keep yourself back, right? There's this, this story about a baby elephant, and they put a chain around the baby elephant's foot. And that baby elephant tried to break that chain, break that chain, break that chain. Couldn't do it. The chain was too strong. But as the elephant grew, it absolutely was stronger than that chain. But because it had tried so many times and just had failed, it stopped trying. And so now the chain broke, but the elephant didn't go anywhere because it had already believed in its mind mm-hmm. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. This chain got me stuck. Well, really, all it had to do was just walk. And right. it could have went wherever it wanted to go, right? To be mobilized. Yeah. To be yeah. mobile. Mindset. Mindset. Oh, it's, my goodness. The genesis nobody of change your mind. begins yes. from within. It yes. starts with you. It starts with you. It absolutely starts with you. Absolutely. We are definitely uh, going to have additional conversations. Yes. Part two, three, four, and five. Because honestly, there are some topics um, as a part of this conversation we need to dive in and really go into educating our community as a part of this platform. I agree. To assure that they're aware of how they can be effective in changing that mind. That's right. It's your mind. That's it's right. It's your mind to change. But it starts with you first. It starts with you. Power is a very it's personal a, thing. Ooh, it and is. You, we could do a whole podcast on this whole idea of empowering somebody. Yes. You can't give people power. You can only help them realize their own. Everybody has power, right? Some people just don't realize how powerful they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you. Yes. What motivates you? What motivates me? Shoes. Shoes <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> that That's real talk, real talk. Real talk. Real talk. <laughs> you know, I, I think the biggest thing is um, I just want to be the best version of myself so I don't get in trouble by my mama and my daddy and my grandmama and all my aunts and stuff. Oh, right? Beautiful. Because I, I know from whence they came. I know the things that they had to deal with. I know Mm. growing up in Brooklyn in the projects and the struggles. I I, I mean, and who am I to toss away the opportunities that I have because they did not. And and that, that's what motivates me when I'm ready to just throw in the towel, when I'm ready to tap out, no minds, I can't, you know, I just, 
I just get this this visual of them looking at me like, girl, get your life. <laughs> you can go over there and set a timer, go in that corner and cry when that timer go off, wipe right. your face and keep on pushing because right. we did and, and so can you, right? And, and that's what really motivates me. And then, like I said, when the people around me, the people that I serve are better, then, and then I know that I, I, I did something okay and, and that motivates me to keep going. How do you inspire others? Um, once again, I try to wear real cute shoes. <laughs> try to, try, try to, try it's to. It's all about the hair. Right? You know, that is a really hard question. Um, I hope I do, but I don't know that I do. I, I, I just try to be the best version of me every day. I, I just try to be the same. The rod you see today was the rod that was here six days ago. That'll be there six days from now. I just try to be consistent. Um, try to be the best version of myself. Um, and hopefully that inspires other folks, but that, that, that's really inspired that student to marry you. Yep. And also the expectation of what his wife is. That's going to right. Be like. And I, yeah. you know what? That baby was very intuitive because I was on a run with some real cute outfits. That <laughs> I was back but if back. he inspired <laughs> him to go and uh, eat the candy eat, off of the yeah, ring. Yeah, he give me the candy. No. no. And then propose the to you. The little slobby, sticky thing. I, he meant well, but uh, <laughs> it was bad. You're going to have to work on your game. That's not <laughs> But hopefully, and, and over the years, I've even had, you you know, staff tell me, you know, you always walk around with this kind of attitude. You don't let things get you down. I've even had young women staff of mine say, you are always so put together, but you're never revealing. Right. Because mm-hmm. I always tell them, sweet potato, it's not everybody's right to right. see all your stuff. That's right? right. That's a privilege. Absolutely. You don't have to put it on display and so I guess on some levels right I, I am hopefully um, motivating some folks and and giving them a positive role you know example but I just I just try to be the best version of myself and hope that rubs off and when when I'm not I, I will call it out I will say sorry like y'all I, I I'm sorry I'm off task today right. <laughs> it's fine and my final question for you mm-hmm. how are you intentional as a leader mm. To shift the mindsets mm. around cultural diversity, um, or cultural sensitivity. Yeah, I just try to meet people where they are, you know, and 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 check my own expectation that they are going to be where I think they should be or where I want them to be. Right, just meet people where they are and walk them to um, the, their next elevation, like. There are some people who, me personally, I'm like, I can't believe that you're still really this kind of oblivious about what's going on in the world. And you didn't know about the stay of execution for the young men in Oklahoma. And you don't know what's going on in the Ahmaud Aubrey murder trial. And But... That's their lived experience, right? Like, who am I to judge? I don't, I don't walk in their shoes. I don't, I don't live in their lives. And so I just try to meet people where they are right? Um, and hold them accountable to moving. You ain't going to stay. You're not right. going to take permanent residence yes. there. Sure. But I, I think that that's the way that I'm intentional. Everyone that I lead, everyone that I've had the amazing opportunity to serve as their supervisor, um, I honor that they're all different. I supervise them different. We're clear about what the end game is, but what may be good for Sally 
is not good for Sandra, right? right? Or Deshandra Nicanetta name or whoever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just meeting people where they are and honoring them in, in that individual way. Well, my mentees, we had a phenomenal conversation and we look forward to another table talk that's yes. intentional yes. around leadership, strategies, and development with Ms. Rodriga Ross. Yes, thank you for <laughs> having me. Uh, and as we always say, the genesis of change mm-hmm. begins from within. Nice. It yeah. starts with you. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. It's intentional leadership.